Amen. All right. Well, hey, how many of you guys have been married for at least uh, 20 years or more? Raise your hand. Praise God. Well, hopefully this is none of you. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, there's this, this woman. Check this out. She wakes up during the night to find that her husband, he's not in bed, right? And so she puts on her robe and she goes downstairs to look for him, obviously. And sure enough, she finds him there sitting at the kitchen table and he's got this uh, cup of coffee right there in front of him. And, but she notices he's, he's deep in thought. He's just staring at the wall. In fact, her heart is touched as she watches him wipe a little tear from his eye and sniffle and takes another sip of his coffee. And so she whispers as she steps into the room. She goes, what's the matter, dear? Why, why, why are you down here this time of night? And the husband, he looks up from his coffee and he says, do you remember? Do you remember 20 years ago when we were dating and, and you were only 16? And she said, yeah, I, I do. I remember that. And the husband, he pauses the words. They're not coming easy. And he says, do, do you remember when your father shoved that shotgun in my face and said, either you marry my daughter or I'll send you to jail for 20 years? She goes, yeah, yeah, I remember that too. And she lowers herself into the chair beside him, you know. And at this, the husband, he paused once more to wipe away another tear from his cheek. And he replied, I would have gotten out today. <laughs> oh, wow, man. I tell you what, how many guys would say that that marriage is probably not going to end on a very good note? You know what I'm saying? It's just, man, that guy had it going, man. He had her eating out of the palm of his hand, and he blew it with his mouth, okay? And folks, believe it or not, I can't think of a better way to illustrate what in the world is about to happen to our whole planet when you see this rise of a one-world government and a big brother society. The Bible said it's going to come on the scene in the last days. And what we're going to see is everything's going to blow up all right, but it's not going to be from a bad remark like that guy. It's going to be from a bad government. That's literally controlling everything. I mean everything. And believe it or not, folks, in, in my own research, I believe that's the surgence of drone technology, artificial intelligence. Believe it or not, we'll get to this, Lord willing, next week. Even Terminator artificially intelligent like robots. And you stir all this together. And I believe this is some of the technology and the tools needed to pull off some of the events in this seven-year tribulation. But as always, don't take my word for it. Let's listen to God. So open your Bibles to Revelation 13. Revelation 13, verses 11 through 17. This is the classic passage dealing with the false prophet and the Antichrist. And what in the world are these guys going to be up to? And, and how in the world are they really going to control the whole planet? And I'm not the one just saying that. The Word of God clearly tells us these guys have got some sort of global control going on. And it's serious. Okay, Revelation chapter 13, verse 11 Okay, and here's what uh, the Bible says to you and I. Then I saw another beast coming out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb. Two horns like a lamb. This is the false prophet. Now listen, it says, and he spoke like a dragon. The text clearly defines the dragon is Satan. You don't have to make it up or wonder or pray and fast for 15 years. Okay, it's Satan. So this guy, like the Antichrist, is satanically inspired and empowered. So he exercised all the authority, the false prophet, of the first beast, that's the Antichrist, on his behalf. Okay, and made the earth and its inhabitants worship the first beast, the Antichrist, whose fatal wound had been healed. And he performed great and miraculous signs, even causing fire to come down from heaven to earth in full view of men. And because of these signs, he was given power to do on behalf okay, of uh, the first beast. He deceived the inhabitants of the earth. And he ordered them to set up an image in honor of the beast who was wounded by the sword and yet lived. And he was given power to give breath to the image of the first beast, the Antichrist, so that it could speak and cause all who refused to worship the image to be killed. And he also forced everyone, small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on his right hand or on his forehead so that no one could buy or sell unless he had the mark, which is the name of the beast or the number of his 
name it says there. And if you guys aren't familiar with this passage, uh, clearly the Bible tells us that there's going to come in the last days a false prophet. And he's not only going to come on the world scene, but he's going to dupe the whole world into specifically worshiping who? The Antichrist. Okay, it says it right there. And notice the verbs, and that's why I accentuated them if you were paying attention. It says he's going to make them. He's going to order them. He's going to cause them. He's going to force them to do, in essence, whatever he says to do. Or what was the penalty? You will die. Okay? And again, focus on those verbs there. Make, order, cause, and force. Now, this implies not just some enforcement. This implies some serious global enforcement, right? This guy isn't just controlling a a town or a a country, just the United States of America. It's a global context. So this guy has seriously global enforcement going on. Okay? And this is serious stuff. I mean, mean, ladies, how how many can verify that we guys trying to enforce stuff, trying to find stuff. We can't even find the socks in our drawer, right? I mean, they're right there the whole time, but uh, we still need your help, okay? But here, so here's the point. In order to pull this off, okay, you need to have some serious control over the planet. You have to somehow have the ability to literally, listen, micromanage the planet, right? You have to micromanage the whole planet, monitor everything uh, at the same time, okay? Serious global enforcement, okay? And it's not just paying attention to what people are doing. The point is this. How are you even going to know what they're doing? How are you even going to know if they're going to resist what you want them to do? And how are you even going to find that out and then give an order, oh, you're going to be dead on a global scale, right? I mean, again, this is, this is what is so amazing about this text. So the question is, do we have the technology to pull this off today? Yes, we do. And most people don't even realize that that technology is not just coming, that technology is already here, and that's what I see with this rise of drone technology and artificial intelligence, and we're going to deal with that in the next few messages, okay? Little do people realize that for the first time in mankind's history, listen, we have armed machines in the sky right now, not just monitoring people all over the planet from the sky, okay? And it can be viewed at some other headquarters, but you could also hunt them down and kill them from above. And you put all this together, folks, and I believe these are some of the tools that the Antichrist and the false prophet need to pull off this last day's control. And so I want to expose to you how I believe we are being conditioned to accept an absolute global invasion of this killer technology, not just monitoring us, but also being equipped with weaponry that if you don't do what somebody says, they could be at the other side of the planet. They're not just going to know what you're doing. They're not just going to know where you are. They will give an order and they will take you out. The very thing that I believe is needed to pull off Revelation 13. But I think we're being conditioned to accept our skies flooded with this stuff. And that's what I want to share today. The first invasion of drones, I believe, has already come, and that's in the private sector. In the private sector, okay? Now, whether it's the modern-day hobbyist, whether it's the amateur filmmaker, whether it's the dad showing off his latest doodad to his son or whatever, personal drones are exploding onto the scene, right, Bobby? What were you using just last week? A personal drone. Just had to get those aerial shots of the fire cars. And it was cool. i give you that. That was cool, right? And in fact, last Christmas, you guys, what was one of the hottest items last Christmas? By the millions of dollars, what did everybody just have to have? A drone. And it gets, it's getting even crazier. They're one of the hottest items, okay? And now you can get all kinds of different drones. You can only get drones that fly in the air. You get ones that just hover and fly along the ground, if you will. You get drones that actually can uh, uh, swim in through the water. You can get drones to take selfies. In fact, you can now get drones to follow you wherever you go to record your latest adventure. In case people don't believe you really caught the fish that big. One of them that's real popular is called Lily. Watch what this thing can do.
what? Bye, Lily. Even Grandma loves this thing, huh? Lily, thanks for tracking our every move. We love you. See you soon, whether we see you or not. Now, did you notice how they track their every move with that device? Nothing's by chance, folks. What was it? A GPS device attached to your back. No, of all places, where's the GPS device? In your hand, okay? And that's how this drone was able to monitor their every single move. Now, go back to our text, Revelation 13. Can you imagine a, a scenario where the whole planet gets some sort of GPS device attached to their hand or maybe even a forehead, you know, for those awesome frontal shots that Lily can take while you're... And then, man, that'd be awesome. You just give the order, you launch these babies, you can find out where anybody is at on the whole planet, track their every move, and it's a good thing we don't see anybody getting any GPS devices implanted into their hands anytime soon, do we? Folks, they're already here, okay? We've talked about this before, but there's a technology out there called RFID, radio frequency identification, and it can not only be used as a subdermal implant, okay, but it can also be tattooed on. Either on, in, on, doesn't matter. It, it, the same technology does either one of those. Now, an RFID, if you're not familiar with it, is a tiny microchip implant that can not only store and receive information, but wonder of wonders, it can be used to make financial transactions. Oh, and by the way, you know what it also does? A third thing, it can be used as a GPS tracking device, all in one nifty device. Now, it's not just out there. But it's getting so popular, uh, Europe is a much further ahead than us, but we're being conditioned for it too. But pretty soon, you might have to get one of these microchip implants into your hand if you want to keep a job. You know, because you need your job to what? To buy and sell. Watch the latest trend over in Europe. Not only that, listen to this guy's comment says, you might as well just roll over and get used to it, because this is what's coming. Let's take a look at that. Whether it's for getting on a bus or getting into the office, office, many of us these days are used to swiping an electronic card. But how would you feel if the microchip wasn't in the car but in your hand instead? Not holding in your hand. Under, under the, the skin. skin. Under the skin. Well, one company in Sweden is doing just that. It offers its staff the chance to have the chip inserted. Our technology correspondent, Rory Kathleen Jones, has been finding out how it works. Stockholm and a nondescript building has been converted into a high-tech office space. But look under the skin to find something really futuristic. Felicio da Costa doesn't need a pass to get in. Then it's another swipe of his hand for access to his office. What's going on? I've got the ship implant. So uh, that's why the doors let me in. Where's the chip? The chip is right, right inside here. The new offices will soon host a shifting population of 700 entrepreneurs and employees, and they'll all be offered the chance to get chipped. I've just been chipped myself. Uh, it's not a painless process, but it doesn't last too long, not too difficult. Minor surgical procedure, which basically involves uh, a little chip the size of, I suppose, of a grain of rice being inserted under your skin, uh, and you can then go off and have it programmed and then do various things inside the building. Let's go and have a look. The new offices will allow them to use the photocopiers and eventually to log on to computers or pay for food in the cafe. Hi, Hannes. Uh, can I get your contacts? The man behind the scheme, whose business card can be accessed via his chip, says the aim is to learn lessons. We want to be able to understand this technology before big corporates and big governments come to us and say, hey, everyone should get chipped, the, the tax, uh, tax authority chip or the... The Google chip or Facebook chip. What did he say? 
you must just roll over and get used to it because we, we're just going to be proactive on this. We see what's coming. You, you might as well just get used to it because it's coming. It's going to be what? It's going to be mandated by the tax authority, the government, Google, whoever says. And now what's the text say there? It's, you're going to be made, forced, ordered, caused to take something. And if you don't do it, you're going to die. Oh, and did you notice that same technology wasn't just to unlock the door and the access to the copier and share your business card and general information? Did you notice that the little phrase there? He says you could use it in the cafeteria. What's that? It's called buying and selling. All in one nifty device. You stir all this together, folks, and this is exactly the kind of premise that is coming during the seven-year tribulation. An order is going to go out, but you're not going to have a choice. Oh, you'll have a choice. But if you don't do what they want you to choose, you're going to die. This is the exact technology that's not coming. It's already here. This is what's needed to pull off Revelation 13, okay? And then imagine again the whole world getting these GPS implants and you flood the skies with these drones. You arm them with the other technology. There's no place to hide, is there? You're not going to make it to no bug out shelter. They'll take you out long before you even get there. You probably won't even make it out of the house. There's only one way out of this scenario, folks. His name is Jesus. And you better take it serious. But we're just getting started. The second invasion is in the media sector. And again, I think this is getting us conditioned with the skies being flooded with this technology so we won't even think about it until it's too late. The media is getting big on this thanks to rulings by the FAA. Drones are being given the green light to fly in the skies for all kinds of reasons. Uh, even for the media, even Hollywood news broadcasters all around the world. And, And part of their rationale is money savings, right? Because the media, we know in Hollywood, uh, news stations, they use a helicopter to, you know, check on the traffic. They get those aerial shots. There's a disaster. They fly by. Well, think about those scenarios. You got to buy or lease or rent whatever a helicopter, very expensive. You got to pay for the helicopter pilot and anybody else that's riding with them and all that stuff. Not with a drone. A drone, you don't need to pay for any of that stuff. So they're looking at it as a major uh, money savings issue. Uh, But also, frankly, drones can get much better shots than a helicopter, very up close and personal. Let's take a look at some of the way that media is changing thanks to this technology. The FAA opened a new era in aviation in September, allowing six Hollywood filmmakers to fly drones on movie sets in the U.S., like they have overseas for movies like Skyfall. A decision that paved the way to more commercial drone flights in the United States. All right, let's see some horns. Let's do this. could soon be flying over our heads, bringing you an eye-in-the-sky view of major events. A Nevada company has the approval and is now preparing to launch. Already, we've seen hobbyists bring us amazing views of everything from historic events like the implosion of the Clarion back in February to fun displays like this coordinated Christmas light show shot from the sky so you can see numerous houses. You may not realise this, but what you've just seen is a little bit of BBC News history. It's not my performance, unfortunately. No, this is the first time a BBC News crew has used one of these. 
No helicopter or camera crew can get these unique, fantastic shots. This machine is going to transform the way TV news looks in the future. You bet it is. And they're scrambling if you know what's going on in Hollywood and the news industry. Oh, by the way, did you notice that lady Paula? Did anybody recognize her? Okay, she's here from Vegas, right? That's our local news station, one of them. Okay, and what she meant, what was the words that she used there? It's now the eye in the sky. I didn't say that, she did. Okay, and folks, this is going to launch, frankly, we're going to... Told to accept it because we need to have the news up close and personal, you know, part of the rationale. It's going to launch Big Brother steroids on our every move, okay? Now, you combine with our skies being saturated with this, okay, not only in the personal realm, okay, and then they could be hijacked. Then you uh, flood all the skies with all the media and all the Hollywood, all the news stations around the world. Notice it wasn't just the U.S., it was the BBC over in Europe and other countries, okay? You flood all that together. Then you combine it with not just satellites, but did you know there's actually drones already flying above our head, that are monitoring and tracking and videotaping, not just taking pictures, videotaping our every move. Did you know that? In, in fact, they're not only already there, but they are so powerful, they're able to monitor whole cities at a whack. Watch this one. This one's called Argus. Watch what this thing is not going to do. It's been doing, and it's doing it while we sit here. Watch this. Today, we've developed sensors that can watch with an all-seeing eye and see an area about the size of a small city. All at one time. This is the next generation of surveillance. For the first time, we actually have permission from the government to show the basic capabilities. It is important for the public to know that some of these capabilities exist. This image was taken 17,500 feet above Quantico, Virginia, and covers 15 square miles. This whole image is at a very, very fine resolution. So if we wanted to know what is going on in any spot along this image, say near this building at this intersection, we can generate a moving image that shows what's going on in the area. Simply by touching the screen, Antoniades has opened up a window showing a detailed area while still maintaining the broader context. And everything that is a moving object is being automatically tracked. The color boxes represent that the computer has recognized the moving objects. You can see individuals crossing the street. You can see individuals walking in parking lots. There's actually enough resolution to be able to see the people waving their arms or walking around, what kind of clothes they wear. And you could pick the location of where you produce these images anywhere in the entire field of view. Antoniades can open up to 65 windows at once and can see objects as small as six inches on the ground. From even 17,500 feet, the white thing that you see flying around is a bird. Argus streams live to the ground and also stores everything, a million terabytes of video a day, which is the equivalent of 5,000 hours of high-definition footage. So you can go back and say, I would like to see what happened at this particular location three days, two hours, four minutes ago, and it would actually show you exactly what happened as if you were watching it live. Whoa. How many guys even knew that technology existed? And it's not just it existed. It's in existence being used right now. And you're kidding yourself if you think there's only one. I'm telling you folks, they're all over the place, and that's with drone technology.
Now, notice what that thing did. See, we usually think, oh, yeah, the satellites and drones, you know, they're taking pictures. What did that thing give you the ability to do? Right now, 17,500 feet, someplace that you and I could never get to, you're right now controlling, monitoring, recording us from the sky, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, whole cities at a swath. You're not going anywhere. You're never going to make it to your so-called bug-out shelter. There's only one way out. It's through Jesus Christ. If anything, God's trying to get that message, I think, clear to you and I. Okay? But they says it records it. So you literally could go back, oh, really? Is that where you were two days ago, Bobby? Oh, yeah? You literally have created, listen, just like we down here below on our computers, we search for in Google or some other search engine to find out information down below. You created a video search engine in the sky. And with this technology, I don't have time to go on this, they can also listen in, not just watch. So you stir all this together. Why is that important? Revelation 13 says there's going to be two guys who are going to have global enforcement on the planet. And they're going to put out an order. They're going to make force order cause you to do something. If you don't do it, they're going to know about it. They're going to know who you are. They're going to know where you are. They're going to give an order and you will die. You're starting to see how you put all this together for the first time in mankind's history. That technology is already here. It's not coming. And it's already being put into place. Okay. The third invasion is in the agricultural sector is what we're getting used to and conditioned to and allowing them to take over uh, with drones. And uh, FAA is issuing drone permits not only to the media and Hollywood and things of that nature, but believe it or not, also in the agricultural and real estate industries. And uh, I grew up in Kansas, so uh, you know I understand the stereotype. Usually you think of the farmers and agricultural industry. You know They're not the most tech-savvy people in the world. I get that. I grew up that way. I understand that. Okay, But this is the power of this drone technology. And they too, just like the media, farmers, agriculture, industry, man, they're, they're running to this technology because of the time-saving and the money-saving benefits if you would just let drones control the agriculture. Let's take a look at that. It may seem hard to believe, but some of technology's greatest innovations have come right out of the farm. Growers are always looking for new ways to become more efficient, cut costs, and become more environmentally friendly. This latest step in precision agriculture gives farmers a new view from high above their fields. Instead of scouting a field the normal way, walking through or driving a four-wheeler, now we're seeing the whole field and we're being proactive. This is something that is very commonly used and it's no more unusual to see one of these than it would be to see a crop dusting aircraft, which as you can imagine, to farmers of 100 years ago would have been a truly miraculous piece of technology.
Hey, give it up for Chef the Drone. Yeah. I need one of those for my wiener dog. But uh, getting back in the house. But anyway, but whoa, whoa, what's going on? Move over, cowboys. Huh? We don't even need you anymore. I mean, Shep can do it. Shep the drone. All kinds of drones. We could use drones to monitor our crop yields, our water usage, spray pesticides, uh, herd your livestock, as you just saw. I mean, we don't need humans anymore. If we would just let drones control the food supply. Now you think, well, what's the big deal with that? Oh, it has everything to do with the book of Revelation, if you read it. Because food is the ultimate power play. Ultimate power play. And folks, it's already happening. Whether you realize or not, our world's food supply is currently in the hands of just three entities. Did you know that? I'll name them off. Cargo Monsanto is the first one, ConAgra. And then number three, Novartis, ADM, Archer, Daniels, Midland. And they freely admit, if you want to control the world, see, Hollywood's brainwashing us in the wrong direction. Maybe on purpose. Hey, it's not get, getting control of the gas, getting control of the oil, getting fueled. No, no, no. If you want to control the world, you control the food supply. Now, I didn't say that. They did. This is a quote from Dwayne Andreas. He's the former chairman of ADM. And he said this, the food business is far and away the most important business in the world. Everything else is a luxury. Food is what you need to sustain everyday life. Food is fuel. Listen, he says, you can't run a tractor without fuel and you can't run a human being without it either. Food is the absolute beginning of what? And I quote, he said, those who control the global food system and supply have the ultimate in economic power. Can I translate that for you? Those who control the global food supply control the world. You know, which again, Revelation 13, the false prophet, the antichrist, the market beast system, that's what they're going to do. They're going to control what we buy and sell. And do we not buy and sell food? So you're going to have to grab control of that. Not only that, but the Bible tells us that we know that our world food supply is going to be corralled into apparently a single global entity because at one point during the seven-year tribulation, some sort of global entity is going to be dishing out the food. And that's what we see in this text here, Revelation chapter 6, the first half of the seven-year tribulation, verse 5 through 6, when the Lamb, Jesus, opened the third seal, I heard a third living creature say, come. And I looked, and there before me was a black horse. Its rider was holding a pair of scales in his hand. And then I heard what sounded like a voice among the four living creatures saying, a quart of wheat for a day's wages, and three quarts of barley for a day's wages, and do not damage the oil and the wine. Now, if you guys aren't familiar with this passage, this is the one that's telling us that in the first half of the seven-year tribulation, there is a horrible global famine that is going on during this time. The whole world is going to be under some sort of global food distribution program just to stay alive. That's how bad it is. And they broke it down to you. Here's how bad it is, and here's what this global entity is going to do to try to keep humanity moving forward during this time. You could work a whole day and get a quart of wheat just for yourself, or you could work a whole day... Okay, and you opt out for the wheat, and you opt out for three quarts of barley. Now, barley is a less nutritional meal. Uh, it was literally, back in the day, uh, animal feed. So it's either a quart of wheat for you, something decent to eat, sort of, if you want to call it that, okay, or enough for you and just two other people. Hope you don't have a big family. But here's the point. This is exactly what these elitist folks are doing right now. Not only with drones, not only in corralling our food supply down to three entities, and it's probably going into one, okay, but they're controlling it on a global basis. And if you don't think that somebody's working at creating total control over the food supply, then you need to explain to me why Bill Gates, yes, Bill Gates, among other elites around the world, have been building something that's called the seed vault. They are storing all the seeds on the planet of humanity. I'm not making this up. And it's in a place that you and I can never get to. Let's take a look at that. 
We have a fascinating to show you, a story to show you tonight. You're about to see what it means to go to extremes to save the world. Dug deep into a mountain on a remote island near the North Pole, there's a project that is often called the Doomsday Vault. It's really a giant freezer, and inside something very tiny that could come to the rescue in the case of a global catastrophe. NBC's Donna Friesen is 500 miles off the northern coast of Norway tonight on an Arctic archipelago with this remarkable effort to safeguard the world's food supply. If the cold doesn't kill you on Svalbard, the polar bears might. Yet 600 miles from the North Pole, high above a fjord, deep inside a mountain, is a vault built to one day save mankind. Today, the Svalbard vault received its first deposit, seeds, more than 100 million of them, stored to preserve the world's food supply. It is the Noah's Ark of today. 400 feet underground, the bunker is a last-ditch reserve, ready to replenish the world's farmers if all else fails. Seeds are coming from all over the globe, representing every known variety of crop. And without this genetic diversity to draw from, um, where our food security is down the, you know, it's just gone. We're not only deep inside a mountain here, this place is protected by heavy steel doors, three airlocks, and a sophisticated video surveillance system. And in case that isn't enough, outside, polar bears. A place so cold and remote, it offers unparalleled security, because one day our future might lie in the seeds of the past. Svalbard's seed vaults may well play a vital role in guarding Earth's food supply in the decades to come. Guarding our seed supply or controlling our seed supply? Did you see that? It says it right there, global seed vault. I'm not making this up. What? Oh, did you notice the, the word the guy used? The, the, the Noah's Ark of... T what? I mean the Noah's Ark of today. What, what else you... Oh, by the way, I don't have time to get this. They're also doing the same thing with DNA. DNA samples of everyone on the planet is another thing that rushes behind a lot of that technology. So you're storing up all the DNA, you're storing up all the seeds on the whole planet. Are you serious? What do you know is coming that we don't know? This is really going on. And it's in a place that you and I are never really ever going to get to. Now, believe it or not, folks, I think I know the reason why they're stocking up the whole world's seed supply, certainly for control. But have you noticed with the, the GMO issues and they're genetically modifying everything and doesn't always work out real good, right? And so you need to copy the master seeds, okay? I think that's part of it. I think the other part of it is, is another technology that they've come out with. And these same entities that are storing up this uh, uh, world's food supply and the seed supply have also come out with what's called the Terminator gene. And the Terminator gene is a new seed that they've developed, okay, that commits suicide. It literally becomes sterile in the second generation. Listen, which means the seeds no longer self-replicate themselves. Why is that important? Because that used to be freedom. You know, I'm going to make it out to my bug out shelter. I'm going to store You ain't going to store nothing. Because you might make it through one crop, but you have no seeds left alive. So they're closing the door on seeds being self-replicating, which means you always have to go back to a global entity for your next batch. And that's some serious leverage. That's controlling the food supply. You can't even grow it if you wanted to. Interesting. Oh, by the way, uh, that would include seeds for um, wheat and barley. Where have we heard that before? Interesting. This is exactly what the Antichrist and the false prophet need. Total control of the food supply. A couple more. The fourth invasion of the drones is coming to the commercial sector. 
And uh, this is one I think that most people are rolling over because they're kind of excited about it. And uh, drones are not only going to be on the highways and the byways and the far out places up in the sky where we can't even see them monitoring us and, and watching us and things of that nature. But drones pretty soon, folks, are going to be all over the place. And no pun intended, we're just going to drone it out. Okay, because we want this to happen, right? They've conditioned us, right? They, they, they're going to be used to deliver what we buy and sell. Not just produce what we buy and sell with food, but the other half of what we buy and sell is stuff, products, right? And that's because the commercial industry is tapping into this new drone technology to improve the service of we, the customer, right? Isn't that the way you go? If you want to get people's business, it's right. It's a, you get it there quicker, you get it there faster, you beat your competitor, right? And people will choose you every single time. And one of the biggest people behind this instant drone delivery service is Amazon. Now, how many of you guys are familiar with Amazon Prime? Amazon Prime, and you pay a little bit extra, but the extra that you get from that is you get part of the package, is you get free two-day shipping, right? Well, they're coming out with another service with drones, okay, soon, and it's called Amazon Prime Air. And they are saying that if you use Amazon Prime Air, you can get your stuff not in two days, you can get your stuff in 30 minutes or less with drones, In fact, here's their latest commercial. Watch this. This is a story from the not-too-distant future. It's the day of your daughter Millie's big football match, and to be clear, that is the sort of football you play with your feet. Anyway, she is missing a vital piece of equipment, specifically a size 3 Puma Evo Power firm ground soccer shoe, the left one. And some of it, sadly, is in the family's three-year-old bulldog, Stuart. So now what? Well, you could yell angrily at the poor thing, but what's the point? Because all it will hear is blah, 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 Stuart, blah, blah, Stuart, blah. Much better to behave like a rational human being. Find your tablet and place an order with Amazon for a pair of Puma Evo Power Firm Ground soccer shoes and have them delivered in 30 minutes or less. And in a location not too far away, a miracle of modern technology is dispatched. It's an Amazon drone, and after rising vertically like a helicopter to nearly 400 feet, this amazing hybrid design assumes a horizontal orientation and becomes a streamlined and fast airplane. In time, there'll be a whole family of Amazon drones, different designs for different environments. This one can fly for 15 miles And it knows what's happening around it. It uses sense and avoid technology to, well, sense and then avoid obstacles on the ground and in the air. Back at the house, you're getting a message on your tablet to say that your primary delivery is arriving. And it goes back to vertical mode and scans the landing area for potential hazards. This amazing innovation then lowers itself slowly to the ground, drops off the package and flies straight back up to altitude. And moments later, you're walking through the door with a brand new pair of Puma Evo Power Firm Ground Soccer Shoes, size three for Millie, and a Nyla Bone Chicken-flavored Durachew for Naughty Naughty Stewart. Hi, uh, everybody's happy with this. In fact, I think, Ken, are you crying? <laughs> you want to hear him try it out? Okay, but everybody's happy. I mean, if, man, can you imagine that, man? Instant gratification. I order it. I get it 30 minutes or less, and I don't even have to leave the house if I just let somebody control all that I buy and sell. Food and now stuff, and, and that's the problem. You see, when it goes not just global, but becomes automated and computerized, then just like with the food supply, everything gets controlled. 
specifically of what we buy and sell. Isn't that wild? That's exactly what Revelation 13 is. How are these guys going to control what you buy and sell? Pieces are being put into place. Okay, unless you think it's not going to happen, uh, again, you just saw the commercial. I'm not making, making this up. FAA has already approved permits for uh, Amazon. They're already doing their testing flights. And, quote, they say they will become as normal as seeing delivery trucks driving down the street. And it isn't just Amazon either. Pretty much every delivery service, including the mail service, is getting in on this. In fact, just a couple of weeks ago, uh, Chris shared with me Walmart's getting in on this. So you got Walmart getting in on this. You got Amazon. You got Google. You got UPS, mail systems. You got... Oh, you got medicines and pharmacies are getting in on this. I mean, you feel sick. I mean, who, who in the world wants to go out in that robe? <laughs> I need my... You, know, you don't want to go out of the house. Wouldn't it be nice to push a button and have the drone deliver your medicine? I hope it delivers it every time. Or maybe that could be used as leverage. You want your heart medication? You better do what I tell you to do. Or it ain't showing up. And how many people on the planet would cave just controlling that? Right? All because you controlled it with drones. In fact, they're predicting in just a few years, folks, we're not just going to see thousands. We're going to see hundreds of thousands of these in the air, and we'll be totally used to it. And let me, let me give you a, a, a comparison. The four largest airlines in the United States have a combined fleet of 4,728 planes. And we don't even pay attention to planes flying over anymore, do we? You know, whatever, it's in the plane. We just tune it out. And they're predicting hundreds of thousands of these controlling, delivering what we buy and sell. In fact, I think that the uh, commercial industry is actually using uh, commercials to kind of prepare us for this kind of future when drones are going to be everywhere. I just hope they don't go rogue like this commercial shows. Let's take a look. Um, I, I think we can make it, right? It's okay, Jeff. Just stay calm and move as quietly as possible. Everyone understand? No sudden movements. Google search, Bodega Beach House. close do you think that kind of reality is not coming what if i were to tell you those things are not going to be flooding the skies like that but they're going to be armed they won't need to chase the guy they'll take him out long before that oh by the way and you said well if i see one of those things i'm out of you won't even recognize it as a drum we'll get into this next week they're making them look like everything in nature from beetles to leopards to everything you won't even recognize it as a killing machine but that's, Lord willing, next week. But have fun run away from these things. I'm going to make out in my bug out shelter. I'm going to run. You ain't going nowhere. You really think the Antichrist and the false prophet haven't figured that one out yet? There's only one way out of this nightmare, and that's who? Jesus Christ. You better take him serious, folks, and take the way out today. Uh, the fifth and final one, at least I'm, there's more, but it's only I'm going to deal with today. And that's in the transportation sector. We got into that just a little bit. And believe it or not, automated drones, drones uh, uh, in the air, drones monitoring, drones delivering what we buy and sell, controlling what we buy and sell. That's just the beginning. And I'm telling you, they're wanting to drone out the whole transportation system as well. And it's the same kind of mentality. Oh, it's for your convenience, right? Right? It's just it's for convenience, okay? And they're going to use, they're going to drone out our whole transportation system, not just to deliver products, but to deliver us. 
to deliver us to the store, to deliver us to the workplace, to deliver us back home, right? Because we all know there's a horrible danger on the hand. You got people who can't drive or shouldn't drive. We know those people. None of us here, of course. Yeah, whatever. All right? You got people who fall asleep. Uh, you know, and that's horrible, right? You got people who are texting even though you shouldn't be doing that. Okay, and, that, and, that, and, that, and those are serious issues, right? You got people who drive drunk, right? But you know what? If we just let somebody control our whole transportation system, drone it out, drone vehicles, man, look at them. I mean, think about it. You could sleep while you drive. You could watch a movie while you drive. You can, you can take that nap, and you wouldn't have to worry about that. You could do more work and be productive even more. You could text while you drive. It's legal and talk other way. And folks, believe it or not, that technology is already here. In fact, one of the biggest ones who's ahead of everybody else is Google and their Google car. Let's take a look at what they're getting ready to release. Good morning, Steve. Hey, Nathaniel, how are you? Doing just great. Go ahead, Steve. Auto driving. Look, Ma, no hands. <laughs> no hands anywhere. No hands, no feet. No hands, no feet, no nothing. <laughs> I love it. So we're here at the stop sign. Yep. The car's using radars and laser to, to check and make sure there's nothing coming either way. I find myself looking. <laughs> Old habits die hard, man. Hey, hey, they don't die. Hey, anybody up for a taco? Yeah, yeah. What do you want? What do you want to do today, Steve? I'm I'm all for tacos though myself. All right, well, let's go get a taco at the drive-thru. And we're turning into the parking lot. How neat. Here we go. Now we kind of creep along here. Does anybody have any money? I've got money. No, I've got my wallet right here. (laughs) You roll down your window and order a burrito. Yeah, push that. I'm doing very well. How are you today? some places that you cannot go, there are some things that you really cannot do. Where this would change my life is to give me the independence and the flexibility to go the places I both want to go and need to go. guys think of everything yeah wait lord willing in a couple weeks we're going to get into who's behind all the artificial intelligence technology uh but anyway the google car wow i mean right now you could go eat, eat anybody want to taco right now yeah, that sounds pretty good right can you, you can eat fast food while you drive you can talk on the phone you go back to texting it's all illegal man you can read a book oh by the way that guy is legally blind in that demonstration. And by the way, Google's not the only company you're looking at some of the major manufacturers around the world they're getting in on this because this is the next wave for our safety, of course, for our convenience is the selling point. We just need to let somebody control our vehicles, okay? Although I did, uh, in the research, it was kind of funny. Uh, not all the other manufacturers got all the bugs worked out. Uh, uh, let's, these guys are testing their version. Let's take a look at that. Cuidado, José, cuidado, José. Sí, aquí me
Yeah, I'm not sure the language there, but I think what he said was, ouch! <laughs> it wasn't supposed to happen. Okay. <laughs> this is serious stuff, though. But folks, seriously, in all essence, uh, the bigger issue, the bigger ouch, if you will, is, wait a second, man. How are you going to, what, what if you need to flee in a horrible situation? What are you going to do? If you grab, this is total control. I mean, now you're really stuck, okay? If you let somebody control the whole transportation system. And, and you need to know, it's not just cars. Folks, I'm telling you, it's every vehicle you can think of. Every means of transportation, by and large. Farmers, back to that issue, they're using drone tractors. You don't need, I'm telling you, a human for anything in the agriculture industry. They literally fly in with satellite technology. Rows, the tractors, no man in it at all. Okay, uh, and that's not all. Uh, every aspect, uh, here on uh, 15, Highway 15, did you know the test they've been doing? They've been doing it for over the last year or more. They've been droning out semi-trucks. Semi-trucks, I kid you not, look it up yourself, folks, and they are doing it on Highway 15. Of course, out here in the desert, it's a great, you know, but, you know, there's no human in it. They're driving, how, how, that's comforting to know. There's nobody in that thing. Hope it doesn't hit me or swerve. Get to that in just a second. But everything, drone trains, drone subways, drone planes. You know why they're pushing for drone planes? Here's the excuse. Well, you know, it's that terrorist thing, right? You get those rogue pilots, you know. At first, we were able to build those doors that nobody can get in and hijack the plane. But what if, a, what if you know, what, it happened in Europe? Remember that? That guy, he went rogue and he took the plane down. What if we automated the planes? Then you wouldn't have to worry about a terrorist. and what. So now you're taking control of that. Where are you going to go if you need to flee in a situation? You won't go anywhere. It's total control. If you became a resistor, if you didn't do what somebody said to do, you couldn't run, you couldn't hide, you couldn't flee. They control everything, every aspect of society with this drone technology. Now, believe it or not, it's now coming out. You think, well, how are they going to do that? Well, first of all, they're going to give the order. You're not going to go anywhere. But what I also think is they might let you go somewhere. And they'll use that same drone technology to take you out. And that's because now it's coming out that we're getting so used to having... Remember back in the day when you could actually work on your car? Anybody that? I still gets me that I have to pay somebody to change my oil. Okay, let alone spark plugs and all that stuff. But remember that back in the day? Everything's computerized. It's all for a convenience, right? All for a convenience, right? Hey, in case you're not looking, it automatically stops for you. And it apparently makes that noise too, Bobby. I don't know what that was. But anyway, it automatically stops. Hey, you know, if you don't know how to parallel park, it automatically does it for you, right? All that stuff. Okay, we're getting so used to having every aspect of our vehicles computerized. The problem with that, just like a real life computer, they can be hijacked. And what's coming out now is these vehicles can be hijacked from afar. Take control and I'm sure it was just driver error as to why that car went off the bridge. Watch this. They're now starting to admit how creative they're getting and taking control of your vehicle. Watch this. The slide that's been omitted uh, showed a result of uh, the researchers at UCSD and the University of Washington hacking into the dashboard display of a typical American sedan, making it show that the car was going 140 miles an hour while in park. Drilling down a little bit, modern vehicles consist of between 30 and 100 embedded control units, which are essentially small computers connected via a CAN bus. These cars are required by law to have a diagnostic port, typically located under the steering wheel, that allows mechanics to download diagnostic information and to perform software updates. In a first paper, the researchers from UCSD and the University of Washington showed that if they could touch the CAN bus through that diagnostic port, they could take over all of the functionality of the car that's controlled by software. 
And in a modern automobile, that's pretty much everything. The brakes are controlled by software because of anti-lock braking. The acceleration is controlled by software because of cruise control. And in those fancy new cars that can park themselves, even the steering is under software control. They responded with a second paper in which they showed a variety of ways of touching that CAN bus without physically touching the car. These attacks involved infecting uh, the computers in the repair shop and then having that inspection, infection spread to the car through the diagnostic port or hacking in through the Bluetooth system or using the cell phone network to break in through the telematics unit that's normally used to provide roadside assistance. The most ingenious attack, though, used the stereo system in the car. The researchers were able to craft an electronic version of a song that played just fine in your home stereo system or on your personal computer. But when you put that on a CD and played it in the car CD player, it took over total control of your automobile. Yeah, right. Pretty scary, huh? These vulnerabilities arise because the cyber components that form the interface of these cars are built from the same kinds of buggy components that are in your personal computers. And the control systems that are actually running the car have no notion that there can be an attacker sitting on the CAN bus. Yes, so why did that car suddenly smash into the telephone pole and catch on fire? Or any other vehicle that just... Boy, the guy just drew off the bridge. He, not, what, what's going on there? Maybe he fell asleep. Why does this happen thousands of times every day? I'm sure it was just driver error. Folks, you put all this together, and this is the ultimate convenient tool to take somebody out. If you didn't do what somebody said, you better do. Maybe I won't even let you leave the house. I got control of the transportation system. You ain't making it to no bug out shelter. Or maybe I will let you leave just far enough to get to that bridge take you out. All technology already in place, just waiting for a couple entities to hijack the whole system. Interesting. Next week, we're going to get into the issue, believe it or not, they're arming these things. They're miniaturizing things, and they're actually building, I'm not making this up, actual Terminator-like robots. We're in a heap of trouble. But the good news is, when all these things are happening, what's the Bible say? Freak out, run to the hills? No. God has given us all this news in advance to let us know it's getting close. These are events that are going to culminate during the seven-year tribulation. Therefore, the response from you and I is, woo that means the rapture must be getting close. We don't know the day nor the hour, but it's got to be getting close because it takes place prior. And that's why Jesus, of course, always says this, Luke 21, 28, when these things begin to take place, and they are, what do you do? Freak out, run to the hills? To no. Stand up, lift up your heads because your redemption is drawing near. This is awesome. That means it's getting close. And if you love Jesus, that's great news. And that means that you and I as Christians, we need to finish strong. We need to get busy working together, sharing the gospel, because did you know God wants other people besides us being saved? Please say, I knew that, Pastor Billy. <laughs> yeah, okay. We got to use our time wisely. But if you're here today and you're not a Christian, I beg you, please heed these signs. Why in the world do you think God's got you here? He's trying to reach out to you and let you know you don't want to be there when the Antichrist takes control. It is going to be an absolute, total, horrible bloodbath. But there is one way of escape. His name is Jesus Christ. Call upon his name today. Believe in your heart. The Bible says that God raised him from the grave and you will be saved. You don't want to be here. You don't want to be left behind. The rapture can happen at any moment. You have been warned. We'll close in prayer after this.
which there is the very real prospect of a new world order. You've got to give them a stake in creating the kind of uh, uh, world order that I think all of us would like to see. But the burden of global Rapture could happen today. Don't kid yourself. There's only one who can save you. And his name is Jesus Christ. Please, call upon his name today. Because tomorrow may be too late. Amen? Let's pray. Well, hi, this is Billy Crone of Get a Life Ministries, and I hope you enjoyed today's study. But in closing, let me ask you one final question. Are you sure that if you were to die today that you go to heaven and not hell? Now, before you answer that, let me uh, share with you a couple things that the Bible says. The Bible says that God is holy and that we are not. And the wages of our sin or unholiness is death. We don't deserve to go to heaven when we die. We deserve to go down. We deserve to go to hell. Now, to make matters worse, we don't even want to admit this problem that we have, that we're separated from God not only now, but we're going to be separated from Him for all eternity in a place called hell. We, we, we don't even want to admit that. So once again, out of love, God gives us 
what's called the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments were God's x-ray, if you will, divine x-ray to, to get us to admit the problem that we have inside that's separating us from Him. Let, let, let's take a look at a few of those of God's divine x-ray. For instance, if you think that you're worthy on your own, you don't need a Savior, uh, you're going to get to heaven all by yourself, then let's take a look at God's test there. Uh, the, the Ten Commandments. The ninth one says, you shall not bear false witness. That means lying. Uh, how many of you have ever told a lie before? Raise your hand. Okay. Uh, if you didn't raise your hand, you just told one. But folks, we've all done that. That makes us a liar. The Ten Commandments, God's x-ray, showing us that we have sin that's separating us from Him. We're not holy and perfect like Him. The Fifth Commandment says this, you shall not steal. Don't ever once take anything without permission. How many of you have ever done that? Well, if we're not going to tell another lie, we, we should all admit that as well. Well, that makes us a thief now. The Bible says that God is so holy, uh, even His name is holy. And that's why the Ten Commandments says, You shall not use the Lord's name in vain. And if we're honest again, folks, hey, a lot of us, how many of us have used the blessed name of Jesus Christ? The only name, the Bible says, under heaven, that men might be saved. We've now turned it into a common cuss word, if you can believe that. The Bible says that's the sin of blasphemy. The Bible also says, hey, show, you want to show God you're so perfect, you have no sin? Then don't ever once commit adultery. And you might say, well, I, I've never done that. Really? Jesus lays the standard before us. God looks at the heart. Man looks on the outside. Jesus said, if you ever looked with lust in your eye at another person, you've committed adultery in your heart. That's His holy standard. One more. The Bible says, okay, you think you're so good? Uh, then don't ever once commit murder. You shall not murder. And you might say, well, hey, I, at least I haven't done that one. Really? The Bible again says that the sin of hatred, wishing someone was uh, dead, is akin to the sin of murder. It's just, if you will, you pull the trigger in your heart. So, so, so how are you doing? That's just five out of ten of God's divine x-ray, by the way, uh, showing us the problem. How are you doing? Not if, but when your time comes, we're all going to stand before God. You will be forced to admit what He already knows. Hey, God, let me in. Let me in. I'm a, I'm a liar. I'm a, I'm a thief. I'm a, a blasphemer, an adulterer, and a murderer. And the Bible is clear. Such people as these will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. You're not headed to heaven in that state. You're headed to hell. But here's the good news. God said if we would just admit this, number one, then he could fix it. And it gets fixed only one way, and that's through Jesus Christ. Jesus said in the book of John, chapter 14, verse 6, He says, I am the way, the life, and the truth, and nobody comes to the Father but by me. Why? Because only Jesus lived the perfect life in our place. And Jesus died on the cross. He took the death penalty in our place so that we could be set free. And since we weren't there, and since it's a gift and we can't earn it, we have to receive that wonderful gift by faith. And the Bible says God will pardon us for our crimes, our sins, against him. And you could actually see this analogy working uh, in the natural, in the normal world. Uh, we see this actually uh, in the courtroom. For instance, if a person is guilty and, and everybody knows they're guilty, they've committed a horrible crime and, and, and the, the sentence has passed, the judge has knocked down the gavel and says, hey, uh, you are going to jail. You are going to the death penalty for that crime. And, and we know that people, that happens all the time and they go to jail. But believe it or not, did you know there's a way for that person, even though they're guilty, to actually be set free from that crime? It's called a pardon. And the one in authority, the governor, has the part out of mercy, out of goodness, certainly nothing that that person did in jail. They can't undo the crime. It's too late. But out of mercy, the governor could go down there and grant that person in jail 
a full pardon for their crimes. And by receiving that pardon, the doors come open and they are set free and they're rescued from the death penalty. Folks, that's what God is doing every single day with us spiritually. He has allowed His Son, Jesus Christ, to take the death penalty in our place. He's pardoned us, but a pardon does you no good unless you reach out and receive it. And it's actually been on historical record that there have been people on death row who a governor has gone down out of mercy and extends to them a full pardon, but they've rejected it. And by their own doing, they went to the death penalty. Folks, don't make that same mistake for all eternity. God loves you. He's willing to forgive you of anything and everything you've ever done. All of it. Even the sins we don't even know about. He wants to pardon you and forgive you, but you must receive that by faith today. The Bible says if you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, if you call upon His name, ask Him to forgive you of all your sins, believe in your heart that God raised Him from the grave, you will be saved. Please do that now. Please do that today because tomorrow may be too late. Well, this has been Billy Crone of Get a Life Ministries. Again, thank you for joining us. If there's anything that you need, if you have any questions, please don't hesitate to contact us. Our information and number and uh, things will uh, pop up here on the screen here shortly. And remember, I hope to see you in heaven. God bless.